Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hello, my gorgeous, gorgeous ladies. Welcome to the next episode of the Love Is Coming podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be interviewing my dear friend, Lucy Sheridan, who is the world's first and only comparison coach, author of The Comparison Cure, and also my former coach, because we, the reason I'm a love coach, like Lucy helped establish me as a love coach. Do you remember those days? Yesterday, yeah. Seeing you bloom has been like the biggest pleasure ever, ever, ever. Oh, it was like, it was so amazing to have your support. Um, God, that was back in 2016, 2017. So a while ago now. Um, I know, I know. And I'm thrilled today, Luz, because I'm talking to you all about how not to compare yourself to your crush's ex, which I know is something every single woman um, I've ever coached or worked with, this is something that comes up again and again, comparing ourselves to whether it's our current boyfriend or current partner's ex, or even if it's just a guy that we have a crush on, and then we find out who their ex was, um, or a girl that they've had a thing with in the past, we can find ourselves sort of balls deep in like her holiday photos from like Tenerife 2011, (laughs) you know? Um, And I feel that this year with everything that's been going on, you know, we're recording this for FYI in what what month? It's November 2020. We've had one heck of a year. The elections have just finished. And I know one thing that I come up, I've been coming up with again and again, and I'm sure you have as well, is women, like it's like comparison has gone into overdrive. It was already bad enough. And now it's gone into Mm. complete overdrive. And we're going to be digging into that a lot. Um, And I know you've got so many amazing tips and tools. But what I always like to start with, because I like to have a sort of game showy vibe, late night game showy vibe, is I do something called... The first segment of this podcast is called 60 Second Summary. And everyone hates it when I ask them to do this, but I love it. <laughs> so what I want you to do, and please tell me no, if I'm, I'm not making any sense, because so most people do. She's following me so far. Okay. So I want you to sum up in 60 seconds, I will give you a warning at 30, your, um, I guess your comparison journey with respect to your love life from birth until now it does, does that okay, make sense to you? okay right got you starting five four three okay two, one, I think go. I will even though we you said start at zero I'll start at like 14 15 so we're in puberty and I'm definitely comparing myself to the popular girls who are definitely kind of like you know getting to the third you know getting on with the bases and I've like yet to have like a you know a snog kind of thing then as we kind of move into um like I suppose like my like late my late teens that was when first love happened and then I was like you know then my comparison moved to oh you know am I pretty enough for enough to retain my boyfriend oh okay and then into my 20s comparison was definitely about like looking around like why is everyone happier than me um I can't seem to find my person and then I found my husband when I was about 25 years old um and that kind of like to a point put a pin in it sort of (laughs) I think I gave myself the door open there like nice open-ended kind of thing I have to say time is up time is up Lucy you nailed that you actually did that better than probably any of my other guests because you understood it and you went straight you were like no we're gonna start at 14 (laughs) 
Well, thanks, Cal. You know I love to chat, but when I am under time pressure, I can get to the point. Well, it is actually quite good. This is what I realised is like having a time limit is quite a good thing because it it forces you to have to like, right, what's actually significant here? So with all of that said, okay, so you let's let's circle back mm. teenager because this is where it really I mean, I think this is where it really starts. And I think that age has probably been brought forward now because Agreed. kids have mobile phones Agreed. and social media mm. even earlier. But how does, you know, with regards to romantic comparison in our teenage years, how do you think that that then negatively sort of the pattern that's established there then comes back to bite us in the arse, Liz, years well, later. I think something that's established there, and if I may say, what an excellent question. Something that's established there is this idea of it's normal to rank yourself against other people that you may not know very well. It's also normal to make assumptions about who your partner is or who this person is in front of you and then kind of how enough you are or, you know, what their expectations are. Are they comparing me to their ex? Well, actually, they're probably, like, not even thinking about it ever. But I think that, the I would say, the crux of it, and one of the, the key parts, certainly, is that early on, this habit of, um, com- of obviously comparing, but ranking ourselves against other people, whether that's how we look, our appearance, you know, how funny we are, how successful we are, how cool we are. You know, we all have that kind of stereotype about being the cool girl and like, you know, maybe the ex's ex was, you know, oh, sorry, oh, the current crush's ex was one of the cool girls. Well, how do we do that when we, you know, think that we're a bit basic, etc.? I think the fact that we can so easily see ourselves as either above or below or similar or different in a very quick um, you know, very in a very quick way, just you know, sets us up for failure. So we get really good at it really early as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's such a great answer. So I actually feel like, like obviously, you and me are a little bit. Um, I was about to say getting on. No, we're yeah. not. We're in our prime. Birthday, yeah. For the purposes of the tape and full transparency. <laughs> <laughs> What I meant to say is we both remember a time very clearly yeah. before social media. So, and, and I'm so grateful that I did not have Instagram when I was a teenager. Let me tell you, because it was hard enough. And I really feel for, for yeah. teens now. It's intense. But the thing is, you know, this year, I think it, I think we have to talk about comparison, mm. um, you know, with regards yeah. to our romantic life and this year, because I feel, as I said, it was already a pressure cooker. This year, it's gone completely yeah. off the charts. So... So what have you seen in your own experience and your own sort of practice and working with clients? And, you know, I know you've got a lot of followers on Instagram. Like, what have you been seeing of the patterns of of women romantically comparing themselves this year? Well, I think what's been interesting is we've had this new breed of comparison start to appear and we've attached ourselves to it just like maybe the comparison we'd have traditionally. So let's, let's me put some of that in context. If we were having this conversation last year, comparing our love lives, we might be comparing, you know, whether we're going for mini breaks with our new crush or not, or, you know, which which was the best date we'd actually had on Tinder in the last month or so, because there've been quite a few. We were out in the world and kind of feeling like, you know, even with what we were posting about social media, you know, we've we're leading interesting lives here. You know, we're on we're on that hunt, we're on that search for our our person. Then this year happens. And it brings this comparison of not like, you know, what we're doing and how we're out there and what life looks like. It's still what life looks like. But it's also how we're coping, how you know certain people seem to be thriving, um, despite the conditions where we can feel like we're really struggling and like life has completely stopped. We might be hearing as well about um, pals that promised they were going to take the dating apps off their phone, but turns out they didn't. And they've been having these like Zoom meetings and they're excited to kind of like, you know, go on a walk around Hampton Court Gardens as soon as like you're allowed to do so, that kind of thing. So there's this element of not just... Um, you know, comparing how we're dating, but also comparing to where we're at compared to people too. So Mm. this has done a lot, certainly what's come up a lot for my clients is my milestones I thought I was going to achieve this year have really changed. So I think this applies in any year, but certainly, you know, you and I are having this conversation as we record it now, Persia, in 2020, when a lot of people genuinely went into this, thing, into this year thinking this is going to be my year. I know I certainly did. There was something just about it. Like, oh, I thought, yeah, I'm getting exactly. We are going to party like it's 1999. You know that. Um, when we get to your <laughs> festival, that is what we're doing. But, um, you know, that 2020 had a nice ring about it. It felt like it was full of possibility. and. It 
is full of some different possibilities now, certainly. But what what's happened is that it felt like it took away a lot from us. And that's where I think comparison has reeled its head. Why didn't I start looking yeah. earlier for romance? Why didn't I get out of that relationship when I saw the first red flag? Maybe then I could have been in a new one by last Christmas. And yet here I am now. I'm in lockdown. It's not happening. So it's not just comparison to mm-hmm. the um, present and what we're seeing our friends, you know, colleagues and pals doing and how they're living their romantic life. There's an element of judgments coming for ourselves as well, because it's reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. And we know this to be a myth, and your clients certainly know this to be a myth. It's reinforcing this myth of it'll never happen for me, because there's another thing to hang yes. that on. Oh, Lucy. Okay, right. Can you speak to that? Because I cannot tell you how many women have been messaging me throughout this year. And because it's been a hard year, like I'm going to just really own this. And please don't hate me, listener, when I say this, but I think it's important that we see, um, we do see that there is possibility. This has been a challenging year. I was supposed to get married. I didn't. I know that sounds like quite a first world problem. And I do appreciate that. I would also say it's probably been up there with one of my best years, if not my best year, because it's forced, like I definitely felt the most useful this year in terms of my work, but it's it's forced me to get really clear about what I want and to and to actually, you know, I've always been someone who really struggles with comparison because I, you know, I've got the high achiever mentality. And I think that I mean, I think that we all struggle with comparison, but I think that that just it takes it for me up a notch because I'm like, you know. I, I have to be better than her. I have to, you know, it's such, it's like a need for me. It's an It's been an obsession. And this year I've just had to go like, what is right for me? Like, what is right for me? And just be like, stop, stay in my lane and get really clear because this has changed, like this has changed the game in so many ways. So going back to, sorry, what digression there, but going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, because this year has, I guess, had road bumps in it, um, and it's it's kind of made a lot of a lot of us catastrophize yeah. and think, well, it's just never going to happen for me. So what what do you do when you feel like that? Because I know a lot of women listening to this do feel like I that. I think it can be complex, but I, I certainly some of the things I've seen working with, uh, with my clients certainly, and just you know in some of the kind of discussions I've been having kind of more openly with people over this time as well. Because I think that's one thing I hope I do take forward out of this year is I'm having like proper conversations with people. Not watching my not watching the clock to get a train or to go to another meeting, and that's something I kind of um, recognise about yeah. um, this year. Timing of anything is always open to some influence. It's always open to some influence. Mm-hmm. What is especially frustrating around this time is that everyone is affected by it in some way. It's unfair to equally, but affected in some way. What I think is really important is that people use this time where we have very little power and control to be able to take charge of anything is use this time to keep going back to that question of who do I want to be when I come through this? What will be my stories Mm -hmm. and my anecdotes and my feedback, opinions, expressions when I'm talking to what is going to be the love of my life over a dinner table and we're both reflecting on our individual experience when we didn't even know each other then? Who do I want to be when I come through this? And this isn't about kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to go and buy that 150 quid goop meditation pillow. I'm going to like work out and be constantly in my like leggings or we're going to learn a second language. It's what do you want to know about yourself? Like, who do you want to be in the world? Like, what will you no longer tolerate? So that's a big answer to a question about kind of like, how do you cope? But we have to go there because how do you cope is a big question. We have to go there and it's not just, well, read Huffington Post and then, you know, you could go to bed early and all this. All these things help. All self-care helps. But if anything, it's about making sure you're moving into trust, moving into trust rather, Mm. moving out of like grabbing and hope into a place of trust, as in knowing that you are protecting yourself, protecting your heart. You are ever forming, ever becoming a fully formed human being so that when your heart meets the heart of the person that you're supposed to be with, there is that moment of like, I see you and you see me and I have not run away from who I am. And that's really important. Mm, Yeah. And I just, I want to just reassure anyone who's listening. I know how it feels you know, I, I think we can say this about anything in life. Me and Lucy both know how it feels to really want yeah. something 
and it feel like it's never going to happen. And, we, and, and then we also know how it feels to get that thing. And then when it comes to romance, like, you know, it was the biggest, most challenging thing ever for me. It really, really was. And today I sit here talking to you as a woman who is in a relationship with her soulmate, fiance, been with him over five years. It is like, I still have to pinch myself sometimes, but at the same time, everything you just said there, Lucy, about trust, like I, it, for me, it went hand in hand, the surrender, you know, a huge mm. piece of oh, my yeah. work, I talk about surrendering yeah. to the festival, the mad festival of life and of love. But with that hand in hand, it's like, you got to get in there and yeah. you've got to do the fucking work, whatever yeah. that might look like for you. And that's, you know, whether that's, it's all the things, mm. it's the mindset work. You know, and, and because really what we're talking about when we're saying, you know, mm. it's never going to happen for me, that's a big piece yeah. of that is the mindset of, of you well, know, yeah, limiting belief. Another way of saying it's so, never going to happen for me, the opposite of that is it's all still to come. And I know what world yes. I want to live in. I want to live in it's all still yeah. to come. Yes. That's why my book and this podcast right. is called Love is Coming. <laughs> And I always say, you know, a mantra that I, I got in the 12 step rooms in Al-Anon um, is for is the best is yet to come. I affirm that always the best is yet to come, you know, and you know, another thing that you taught me, Lucy, oh my God. Okay. Right. We're going to come, we're going to circle back to the title of this podcast, which no. I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh, let me consult. Oh, yes. How not to compare <laughs> yourself to your crossbones. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so, so the crush is at. So this, so your crush could be your husband. It could be your boyfriend. It could be someone who doesn't even know that you're their crush. It can be basically anyone that you, um, the object of your affections. We ha- we all have it. We all find ourselves scrolling through that person's, you know, exes and trying to mm. trying to find yeah. out, you know, the oh, yeah. the info. And so what this brings up mm. is, is jealousy, and. So there's the, there's two types of jealousy. There's the jealousy of someone has what I want and I want that thing. And we're going to talk about both of these types of jealousy. And that is what a lot of what's been going on in, in um, this year because we're like we're literally all living through a screen and seeing yeah. everyone doing their lockdown experience and it all looks better than our lockdown experience. And look at her with her lovely partner and dog and all of that. The other type of jealousy is, romantically speaking, is the person that I... I'm into or I love or whatever it is they've had a whole past like I have but I conveniently have forgotten that bit so I'm jealous of like this girl that they were once with and which is part of this podcast now speaking into the first one of someone a friend of mine my best friend has just got engaged in fucking lockdown what a bitch Lucy you taught me something about how to reinterpret jealousy a yes. cute little sassy mantra that has changed my life I can, can you tell, tell us what you it that is? it is good for you and the same for me Good for you and the same for me. And why that is so powerful is because, first of all, it gets rid of the the myth of the zero-sum game, which is someone's win, success, achievement, I'm just using jargon-free language here, means it's a loss for me. It turns that all on its head. What it says is, all I see here is evidence of what is possible. And not only do I wish you your happiness, I give permission for myself to receive mine. So good for you and the same for me. It cuts off the oxygen to comparison. Comparison cannot live once you utter those words. And it's extra special as well, I think, because not only does it make that moment something which is affirming and invigorating rather than, you know, frustrating and inspiring, but it also stops any downward spiral into, well, I've seen that new, you know, I've seen this update now. So my afternoon's a write-off, you know, it ruins the whole day. Cause it can do. I'll, you know, there's that great expression, tell the truth and shame the devil. I don't know if you've heard that. Tell the truth and shame the devil. And no. that is, you know, if I tell the truth and I tell my truth, comparison when I was in my darkest days, it wasn't just like a little occurrence that might have irritated my commute. It would take me out for the week. Because yes. it was like just treading yes. on like Lego the whole time. <laughs> because of how it made me, yeah. you know, and overanalyze myself and not give credit to myself. Oh, if I could go back, I tell you. I do you know what that's made me think of? And I can never pronounce this word. I don't actually think we've talked about this before, and I think it's so relevant. Is it Schnaudenfreude? Sh- I can never 
Yeah. Okay. Can you explain that concept? Yeah, so so as I understand here. it, look at me confidently saying it. People are listening. You don't say it like that. Well, that's how I say it. Um, so Schadenfreude is basically <laughs> seeing delight in other people's misfortune. So, you know, your boss like stands in dog shit or um, your ex um, gets dumped, for example. And it's like not devastated about that. Or your, fr- your best friend who just got engaged in lockdown that you were really jealous over, you see their new and get their engagement yeah, and you're like, oh, it's gross. Go, yeah. And you yeah, yeah. You're, you're looking for the kind of downside. Such... And what's that well, about then? I think part of it is a bit of self-sabotage. You know, if I can keep my judgments on you and what I don't think is working, then what I can do is keep myself safe and not have to go out of my comfort zone to, you know, be brave and have courage and pursue love in the way that my friend is right here. So I think it isn't as complicated mm. as just being a bit bitchy. Sometimes it is being a bit bitchy. It just is. It is. It's in all of us to do that. Yeah. But I think when we kind of feel that moment, if anything, it's like, well, this keeps me safe because I wouldn't have wanted that shitty little ring anyway. Well, this is great because I can't yes. believe you proposed there. How cheesy. You know, that keeps me safe because, yeah. you know, I'm better off where I am rather than acknowledging our own needs and our true desires, actually. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I so relate to that. And the fact is, as long as you're – and I listen, I've, I have done that when friends got engaged and I was single and I just got dumped. And, and, and guess who felt like shit? I did. Because that that sort of mentality, in the moment, you get that like pleasure spike, like you're eating a Krispy Kreme, but the come down is fucking awful because it, it's toxic, yeah. that sort of thinking, isn't and, it? And it's I think as well, there's a bit of a double punch. Not only is it like, oh God, like um, I've felt shit about my friend or I feel really like negative against my friends. It's like, oh, like, like I'm being bitchy about my friends. Like, oh, but I shouldn't be being bitchy about my friend. It's like there's a double punch there that, that is unhelpful too. Yeah. A hundred percent. So going back to the second thing, which is, you know, your, let's talk, okay, we're going to, I'm going to give a situation from a, yeah, a cool. client who you know, is really, really into someone and they've kind of been very hot and cold. We've only just started working together quite recently, this client and me. Um, so they kind of had this dynamic going on already. And she's found herself getting on the old, you know, because lockdown proper, like, you know, in that sort of, there's just too much time on her hands. So she's diving into the Instagram and Facebook, found out who this uh, ex of this guy that she's into um, used to go out with, but, you know, they're still friends and it's just got really murky. So she's, she's kind of, we've all been there, haven't we? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's again, I think it's self-sabotage. It's a way to, we get a really oh, yeah. sadistic pleasure and it's horrible. What's that about? Like, why Why would no. I want to torture myself with going and looking at the guy I fancy or even my husband or my boyfriend or whatever? Why would I put myself through that and want to go and look at yeah. his I beautiful ex who's like, you know, really I think this boils down to not feeling enough. Because in moments when I feel my best and I feel robust and feel like comfortable, like in my own skin and where I'm at, you know, it wouldn't even occur to me to pick up my phone and the app and start typing a stranger's name into the search bar. When I'm not feeling myself and I'm not feeling enough and my insecurities, and it's okay to just use that word, my insecurities are running wild. I feel like I have to react. I feel like I need to go looking for information. So I think everything comes back to feeling like how enough you feel. I know that's a massive part of what you help your clients with. And that's why they just chill out after a few sessions with you or not even that. Um, but I think why why we do that is because we don't feel enough. And rather than just, I'm going to just meet this person where we're at in our history right now in this present moment, I'm going to go and excavate all this stuff and use it to make myself feel bad and to belittle myself and what that will then do is lead to other weird patterns because I know certainly um you know when it's come to like looking at exes it's like oh well should I change my hair to be like theirs or maybe I should start wearing clothes like that too Mm -hmm. maybe I should get a tattoo it's absolutely bananas in pajamas Mm -hmm. where our mind will take us to be more attractive more desirable more connecting more appealing you know more magnetic but what it also comes down to is that we're mm. being like you know if you think about the movie the wizard of Oz, those flying monkeys that is a flying monkey moment 
are not when you are thinking about all those things like that is you that is like a real red flag hold on why am I doing this where am I not feeling enough go and work on that instead of disappearing down someone's holiday photos and feel the difference because you always will oh my god it's so true because I realized that when I've done that and it's not even always like romantically speaking, because I mean, I did that a little bit at the beginning of me and Joe, but I, because I felt so secure with him straight away, for me, yeah. it's been more work yeah, where this has shown that. up, that I will go. And, and and what I'm doing is both of the types of comparison that we've been talking about is um, all the, the types of reactions. So on the one hand, I want to, con- it's like I'm looking to um, confirm yeah. my worst fear mm-hmm. that they are mm-hmm. better than me. And on the other hand, I'm looking to fucking yeah, see where they fucked up <laughs> so I can judge them and then feel yeah, better than them. I mean, it's a really potent cocktail, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how is that ever going to do anything? I know. And like that's shit. the thing. When I feel all right, I never do that shit. I never do yeah. it. And like, you know, as, you know, when I haven't felt okay, now, you know, my husband will come in and he's like, are you all right? And there I am, like, golem over my phone, looking like, oh. I'm looking at them feed. Oh, they've won an award. They've done a TED talk. Or look at they're in Paris with their partner. Like this weird, like horrible, like grabby golem style energy kind of comes over me. Um, and then I'm like, whoa, step back. But that never happens when I'm feeling all right. I'm in my own lane. I know what I'm looking for. I know what my criteria is. Then I'm just like, I don't even celebrate the people. I just don't give a shit. Like neutrality is yeah. so sexy. You don't have to want to text your, oh. your crush's ex and go, by the way, your hair is amazing. It's right what everyone says. You look amazing. You could just like not give a shit and not look at a profile. That's the goal. The goal is yeah. neutrality. The goal is always, always neutrality as far as I'm concerned. Oh my God, Lucy, I, I really needed to hear that. That's so helpful. So, okay, have you got any more tips about how do we get to neutrality? Oh, well, first of all, you've got to catch yourself. It's you know, not enough to spend, yeah. to be like, well, I only spent 10 minutes on that stranger's feed today instead of an hour. I haven't checked in on her this morning, uh, but I haven't in the last 30 days. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to do that. It's, it's getting to that, the point where you're not checking. So it's, you must catch yourself. And if you have to chuck your phone on the sofa while you make your cup of coffee instead of scrolling that stranger's feed, who happens to be cross sex, then do it like do you know what don't you think that I wish that Instagram because I you know to be honest a big part of the reason I unfollowed everyone from Instagram aside from (laughs) procrastinating was to help me stop with comparison and it has but then there's there's you know there's some people that I will still just look them up and I just literally I'm like I wish that there was a way to block me (laughs) from seeing their stuff I don't yeah, yeah, who yeah. sees my stuff but I, but and I don't even mean it is nothing negative towards them but it's like because but yeah I think Instagram yeah. needs to make oh, that yeah, exactly yeah here's our feedback thank you please take them and um, so <laughs> you have to catch yourself and you have to want to you have to want to find authentic love more than you want to have more than you want to hurt yourself in that moment it do you know what I think it's enough and I'm going to start doing this is that when I do that is to mm. slow down and breathe through it because yeah. that you know give yourself the space before you get into the reaction of doing it of like realizing I literally might as well be taking a knife to my arm and slashing it because I when I was younger I did do that when I was a teenager I self-harmed as a way of mm. punishing myself and I'm like I'm sorry this makes me feel as shit because the 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 self-harming that I did there was there were so many layers to it, my God, but it, it was part of it was attention. The other part was like literally the act of doing it. And it was the pain of it was like statistic pain, like a statistic, like, you know, it was really fucked up. But I'm like, I do that to my fucking soul every time I go on Instagram or wherever the fuck it is. And I compare myself and I beat myself up over it, regardless of what it's about. So I actually need, for me, I need and to I take think, it as seriously. Sorry, darling. And I think, well, no, I was just going to say, I think the reason that Instagram probably won't do that, and this is really dark, but yeah, social no, dilemma, anyone, for that. watching that documentary. Because like, the whole fucking point of it is that it gets us to do that sort of stuff because it knows that that's our behavior and it keeps us online. What keeps us online? Comparing ourselves, like obsessing about how shit we are in comparison to that person. So we can't expect to wait for, for like social media to change. We have to realize like it's got to come from inside us. And, and that's it. And us. that will take a bit of 
you know, that takes some serious intention. So if you do want to stop comparing, it might be like that you have to help yourself decide. You have to look at all the things that are there for you when you stop comparing. I will, I'm a big fan of like writing a letter to myself or writing a letter to that fear or writing a letter to that thing that's in my way and like burning it that can really help I know it sounds like a platitude Mm. but I'm not going to apologize that you are right when you say about breathing because comparison will often trigger like Mm. an adrenaline response and then it takes over the body adrenaline starts you feel like there's a fight or flight kind of starts to kick in and then you kind of start to feel panicky and jittery and you, you you suddenly kind of lose control to a point so big belly breaths yeah Big belly breath in that moment make them go away. Yeah. Good for you and the same for me. Writing a letter to the feelings that you want to release. And also having to go to, so instead mm. of comparing, like, what do you do instead? Well, it might be, it starts by looking and doing an audit of what your, how your whole day is made up. So rather than kind of, you know, I kind of joke, Persia, about no pre-week scrolling. I, you should not your phone mm-hmm. before um, you have, like, answer the call of nature, like, brush your teeth, whatever your routine is, and then and only then do you get on the phone. But thinking about that too, like, what are your – rather than kind of the first accounts you go to when you pick up social media, it's like, why don't you check WhatsApp for your best friend instead? Or why don't you make an agreement that you work on some of, like, your own kind of, like, your own stuff for the first hour of the day before you have breakfast or go to work, whatever it is, and then you check on social media at lunchtime. It'll all soon be there. And you'll catch up in about, what, three minutes? Yeah. You know, instead of the yeah. incessant checking yeah. over and over and over. What you do is you just regain that focus back into yourself. Yeah, put yes, the focus exactly. back on you. Put the focus back on you. And this comes back to the message of the inner fix, which my dad told me, which I think he got from a 12-step room, because they are full of these brilliant quotes that no one ever knows <laughs> who the fuck's up them, so we can never quote them. I quoted I said it to my dad because that's who I heard it from and it just gets passed around but he said you know focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves that is if in a nutshell I've said like people ask me how do you meet the love of your yeah. life start there focus yeah. on the insides and you know the message of my new book that was the message of the inner fix new book love is coming is um you know we've, we very much live in an mm. Amazon prime culture so it's like yeah. we want something and we want it yesterday and what I say is we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for the partner we want to get and we need to start looking inside of ourselves for the partner we want to be you become that partner that you want and then it can't not happen you can't and I think this is really really great honey go on I'm just getting over it no that was it that was it you hit on here is when people say like oh just don't pay attention and they'll come along that's what's happening when they just come along it's not that you're not paying attention it's that you're putting your attention inwards such that you can't help but magnetize mag, you know magnetize and resonate with the sort of person that you want to come in because you're already being the example of what it is to experience that love with yourself that's why it happens easily because you let go of the struggle and you're already, you acknowledge what's already there. It isn't a case that they just come along when you stop looking. It's the fact the minute you turn your focus and treat yourself as important as other important things, things start to shift and there's no going back from there. And that's where, you're, that's where like, if you're listening to this, that's where your anecdote starts. It might be listening to this podcast. I just decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And then little did I know I'd get invited to this place and we couldn't go for whatever reason, but then it got rearranged and I sat next to this person and X and Y and Z and the rest is history. That's oh, always yeah. how it goes. I just got shivers because yeah. that was literally how I met Joe. Yeah. Exactly what you said. The mo- and, and the moment before I met him, I had this like literally come to Jesus moment. Oh, I never yeah. really know what that means, but it just yeah. sounded good. So I'm going to say that. Well, it was kind of because I just, I was amidst yeah. thousands of people dancing and before I'd been at that festival looking around catting for cock as I call it and at wilderness festival and then that year I met Joe I just put my hands in the air I was like I'm here for me I'm not looking around I'm here just to dance and be you know with my higher power that's what that means to me just be with myself and that is enough that and the feeling I got was like this is what I've been bloody looking for in a man all this time and who fucking knew it was here and in that moment I felt a voice in me say, turn around, and there he was. And, of course, at that, at that moment, I didn't yeah. know. I just knew, oh, who is that guy? And it was like Magnus. And then and then the ne- next night, because our messages weren't going through to each other, oh the same thing happened. Amid thousands of people, I guess what, I'm in this particular tent, 
And at 11.30 at night, I, I'm talking to some people and my gut guess says, turn around, turn around. There he is walking out the tent. And before I know, my legs have taken me over to him. And, the, yeah. and literally the rest yeah. is history from that. So when you focus on you, it's unbelievable what shift happens. And as soon as we are going into, like, yeah. I'm going to stalk my ex, I'm going to, or my, my, my crush's ex, I'm going to go in, you know, going outside of myself, whether it's to punish myself, to whatever it is, it's, it's a way to try and control in a really messed up way. And all it ever does Completely. is sabotage. Completely. That's all it ever does. So we have to be more like stewards of our, mm. of our mental health, really, oh. around this stuff. And like, I've just got to the point, even having this conversation with you, Lucy, because there are certainly areas of my life that, you know, I don't do it in romance anymore, but it certainly can spill out in other areas. And I'm like, Persia, actually, you need to step up. You need to practice what you preach in all areas of your life, not just in your romantic life. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to commit to myself. I'm not doing that anymore because it is self abuse. It's actually self abuse. Mm -hmm. I know how it makes me feel. It's self abuse. So if you're listening to this, you know what gnarly comparison behaviors you allow yourself to slip into it's time to be disciplined about it and go I prioritize loving myself and respecting myself Mm. and my sanity over that weird murky fucking Mm. adrenalized like Krispy Kreme experience of like diving into comparison because it's it's only fucking Mm. everything up for me it's only pushing all those things I want further away I would would you say absolutely would and I never tire of hearing the story of when you met Joe and I know that like stories like that will you know real accounts like that for your clients are not unusual but what you don't have to think about well I have to be in a I have to be in a cool like festival outfit in a field to meet them yours might be bumping in out bumping into them outside of prep it might be a friend you've known from school and you start seeing them in a different way I know for your clients it's not unusual that their anecdote starts when they when they do that work Oh my gosh, Lucy, it's so true. We've got in my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate, we've got this, um, we've got mm. something called Love Stories. And it's like all of the soulmates, they share their love stories. And I cannot even tell you, like, it's, and it always starts with the same thing. They just go, I was yeah. done with the fucking struggle. I was done with crying. I was done with sabotaging. I was just like, I'm just going to focus on me <laughs> and have a lovely time with myself and my life. Yeah. I'll just focus on that. And then it's like, your, their love story is written for them. But the, and, but the prerequisite for that is that you have got to be willing yeah. to drop that fucking struggle. And that's a lot harder than it seems because we do live in this sadomasochistic sort of... And that's, and that's what's don't important we? about seeing the possibility there. Like, why if it's safe for it to be my turn to have my energy, to have my story, when you see all that's on offer, the thing that everyone has in common that's found true love is that they gave up the struggle and they were present and paid attention. Like the data speaks for itself. Why, why act to the contrary? Yes. Oh God, so good. I love this chat so much. Right, we're, we're going to move into a new segment because I'm aware yes, I'm too yeah. long left, but you're going to love this. I'll call this Woo, the lightning round, inspired by lightning emojis, friends, let's do that it. friends episode. You're going to love this. So, okay, I'm just going to ask a question and you're just going to okay. very quickly say the answer. <laughs> okay, so some of them are fun and some of them are a bit more serious. Okay, so biggest love lesson? Oh, um, uh, uh, express your needs. Express your needs, love that. Biggest dating disaster? Um, I once... Um, was with a guy and I was getting trying to find my tights and I realized when I got outside they weren't my tights <laughs> that's just so scary on so many <laughs> well I, I immediately thought oh they're his tights exactly but maybe that's they were the another point. girl who knows <laughs> I, I love it I, I immediately went they're his tights and I thought yeah, do. he wants to wear tights let him wear tights <laughs> Amazing. That reminds me. Have you read um, Brian Holden's no. Well, that's exactly what happens with um. Basically, it's not oh, her I knickers need, that she. Okay, I need she to read that. Love Brian. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be worse, basically. Okay. Would you rather? Okay. Would you rather bad boy good or good guy? On a first date, you run into your ex or theirs. Mine. On a date, you drop a condom tampon. or a tampon. Premature ejaculation or can't get it up? I would say premature ejaculation. Yeah. Everyone says that one. I love it. Okay, fart on a first date or queef the first time you have Is sex? Is that a funny fart? 
Um, I would say um, start on the first date. Because it's more to blame. Hopefully not. not <laughs> <of a> <laughs> I don't want to like clear the room, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I've done that on a few occasions, maybe not on a first date, but definitely on the second or third. Okay, so this is segment is called Breaking Bad. So this is, we're slightly slowing it down, yes, but not too slow. Um, okay, so what would you say your most painful breakup experience was and how did you handle it then and how would you handle oh, it this differently is, now? This is so easy to answer because it still affects me now and it's 20 years later. So it was my first love when I was 17, 18 years old. We got together when I was 17 and we um, separated when we were 18, both went to university or he went travelling and I was just completely bereft and heartbroken and I completely lost myself and dated all the wrong guys and drank too much and just partied too hard and just tried to escape what I was feeling. I also didn't feel like I was being taken seriously. I feel like there was a lot of like, oh, she'll mm. just get over it. Like when I was in clearly in very deep pain, but people in their early 20s don't mm. know how to handle people in their early 20s going through shit like that. So I would handle it differently yeah. now is probably I would make, make acknowledge my hurt and healing, acknowledge my, acknowledge my hurt rather than just try and squash it. But I'm still like nourishing and looking after the part of myself now. I don't have a lot of insight or like great advice on what I tell that person then because I wouldn't have not loved him to the extent I loved him. We'll never take that back mm. but the pain and the hurt mm. and the heartbreak was exactly in relative to the love so yeah I answer mm. on that because I still have to work through you know, it it's like significant oh it can be harrowing like I totally like the heartbreak I had when I was 16 17 like even oh my like, god right now I can kind of feel I, some of I, it I, even though like I'm like 38 next birthday yeah. I can still feel that now mm. yeah yeah it's it's hard isn't it because like it just and it sets it's it can really establish patterns for the future I think so but what I do want to say is um all of that can be transformed you know whatever shit you have when you because I've had clients who had heartbreak in their teenage years and then were like and then I just stopped doing love because it was too bad and I always want to say like love is like the most vulnerable real love is the most vulnerable thing it's terrifying because even if neither of you hurt the other like you know cheat or whatever it is <laughs> one of us is going to pop our clogs before the other one like mm. it's the most vulnerable fucking mm. thing and that's scared like that is the thing that mm. stress scares me now but you know what it is it's it totally it. is and I've been in love like a few times as well and you know one of them latterly being my husband and I've paused here because the love is great <laughs> but it is possible <laughs> to love again but the, I think the first the first loss oh god because you just never oh, experienced it before it's just whew. right well let's you know what let, let's move on well actually no this is kind of the similar vein word on the cheat so have you ever cheated or been cheated on? I don't what your thoughts on think that? I've been cheated on I once I was at a school disco in my early teens and kissed someone behind my boyfriend's back um but apart from that I'm trying to think actually have I I think maybe at university, I was maybe snogging people I shouldn't have been when I was kind of dating others. But I, I haven't had a right. relationship outside the relationship I was in agreement with. I haven't. Good for you. I'm going to say never, good but... for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, good for you. Upstanding citizen. Right now, this is a, this is probably my favourite section. Boil that bunny, which oh, I'm yeah. sure you can guess from the title what this is about based on that fatal attraction film okay so what would you have you had any examples in your life where you did some real bunny boiling behavior like we've had um we've had clients uh who've or previous guests who've shared you know yeah. keyed cars one of my former clients um she called her ex 187 yeah. times in one sitting which I thought was like some yeah, real yeah, you know commitment to I mean, the cause. if you're gonna be a bear be a grizzly right with it um, <laughs> let me think I def- I wouldn't uh, my bunny boilerisms have probably been a bit more stealth and covert really I know that certainly I used to like um go into my now husband's office and like I'd go I'd get his notebook out on a random page I knew he'd get to work I would write um like to-do list number one get a divorce oh <gasps> 
Lucy, you may well have gone to the top. Like so he would have been like, in, well like with clients, and because yeah. he was he wasn't divorced then, he was he did get divorced to follow that. But I was I was like twenty six years old and not handling that element very well, which is my learning. Um, did he ever say uh, he didn't have to? Because I knew he would. That was part of the but as part of it. But it was like I was like, well, I'm I'm trying all rounds of communication now for to get this way. Yeah, and did it work? I don't know if the, the passive aggressive well, just aggressive aggressive, isn't it really? It's not even passive. I don't know if the aggressive notes worked, but there yeah, they did get divorced in the end, yeah. That's why we're married. <laughs> you. Yeah. So persevere, girls. <laughs> don't seriously take that. <laughs> okay, deal makers and deal breakers. So three biggest turn offs and three biggest okay. turn ons. Turn ons are um nice face um someone who will like you know have a bit like that will have speak their mind basically and um Mm -hmm. good clothes um turn-offs are um turn-offs are not being family orientated I don't mean having lots of kids but like I really love that we're both really into our families we're both lucky that we 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 are, are family orientated. So if someone um, used to would bitch about their family a lot. For example, I think I would find that quite difficult mm-hmm. in going long term. What else mm-hmm. is a turn off? Another turn off is um, over planning things. I think that, you know you got to have a bit of flex. Mm-hmm. Like you want to like lie in that kind of stuff. What else is a turn off to me? Um, another turn off is I'm trying to think of the love languages here. Not acknowledging me. <laughs> and that's not just my Leo there. Mm-hmm. As in, like, not saying thank you. Like, just assuming that, you know, things mm-hmm. will get sorted. You know, it's like leaving, like, a fucking mm-hmm. butter knife on the table. It's like, oh, shall I fucking clear that up then? Oh, welcome oh, to my entire relationship. <laughs> I say to our, like, you're not just leaving that there. What you're saying is, you do it. You fucking do it. Yeah. And, but Joe's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm like, well, you are. You might not realise you're saying that but I can't live with your shit everywhere. So I have to clean it up because I'm neurotic, which you know about me. <laughs> okay, so this is little mini Agony Aunt session. So we've had someone write in called Suzanne and Suzanne asks, I've been really struggling through lockdown with everyone seeming to be playing happy families uh, on social media. Have you got any advice? Well, I don't think that, in the long term this is helpful but I'm interested in your mental health right now and I think that is start to mute and unfollow a few things so that you flood your feed with the things that inspire you ignite your trust in finding a relationship and that remind you that like to use your book phrase that love is coming but just take a bit of a break because it might feel like an onslaught now but Mm. it won't feel like that afterwards so I think like do what you have to do in the short mm. term so that you can perhaps give yourself the space, time and permission to look at what needs looking at in the longer term. Yeah. Oh my God, I think space. And that's the irony is like, you know, in lockdown, it's like we've been given so much space. I mean, I don't think we have, Lucy, because yeah. we have online businesses. Yeah. So it's been crazier than ever for us this year. But, I mean, that's why mm. I'm certainly craving space. But even, you know, we must make no mistake, just because we're locked down, we haven't been having mental space. Well, if anything, my screen it's time the report makes me feel attacked. So, yeah. Yeah, no. it's not okay. <laughs> okay, so you're going to like this section. I call okay. it Name That Genital. And this is just a conversation in a pub that, like, I just find it really funny that people, because yeah. Joe, like, when we started dating, had hilarious names for his willy. Um, what have you always called, like, a lady's bits and a man's bits? Um, a, a new, like, for a girl, like a new-new. new-new and boy, it was like willy. Yeah. Nunu and Willie. Yeah, they've landed. (laughs) Literally (laughs) metaphorically. Nunu and Willie. I love that. Right, that's going into the old uh, Lovers Coming repertoire. I think I might have to get all of these on some sort of PDF because some of There's a real range, real range of genitalia. Um, Okay, do you know what, Lucy? So... We are coming to a close. Um, you have been the oh, most fabulous now. guest. Before, before I ask you for your final, ask you your final question, 
I would love you to share with our lovely, mm-hmm. not viewers, what's listeners? <laughs> what what if, it is, if they're not viewing it? Oh yeah, they're listening. Um, where can the lovely ladies listening find you? Because I know they're going to want to seek out I suppose your the best advice. place is the gram. I'm at Lucy Sheridan on Instagram and I'm giving out kind of comparison busting advice most days. I have to say, like, I struggle with, a, like, a lot of people's feeds because I, they either make me feel like I'm not doing enough or, like, I, I'm in comparison. But when I look at yours, it, honestly, every single time I look at it, because I will, you're one of the people oh, I seek out to make me feel better as opposed to seeking out to beat myself up. Because I look at it and it's like, it's oh, always like a warm hug from Lucy. Like, your energy, you are the most, literally one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. You really are. And and that shines out through your work, through every Thank single you, touch point of your work. And it's so needed. It's like, it's like a massive oh, breath, breath of fresh air. It's my pleasure, my darling. So with that, my last question, what is your number one piece of advice for a single woman listening to this right now, who's been struggling in Armageddon 2020, um, who really does want that romantic relationship, who feels like she's the only person out of her friendship group and her peers who isn't either engaged, married, up the duff, living with her partner? What would you I say to I think I would revisit a theme of our conversation here. And I would ask, I'm asking you, I'm asking her, who is it that you want to be? when this is through how do you want to emerge out of this you know Celine Dion style onto the dating landscape like how because it is within your power to do that right and there's Mm. you know if not now when Mm. got the focus back on you Lucy, you're, you are an absolute delight in every way. Thank you so much for being a magical Thanks guest, for having as me, I knew friend. you would be. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much and goodbye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.